Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here with, with uh, John Kulikin from uh, Accenture, and we're in the Bank of Ireland Philip Hope in, uh, in uh, Grand Canal Square area. So, John, tell us a bit about your background. Well, Ron, good morning. It's uh, my background is uh, originally one in uh, where I was uh, mechanical engineering. Originally, um, I ended up working for KPMG Consulting out in uh, Palo Alto in Silicon Valley for five years, um, implementing software and finding new uh, software and startup companies uh, to partner with in KPMG. I came back to Dublin and then got submerged in financial services, uh, working as a in a startup called. Uh, Merion Capital, which was uh, firstly in equity research, so valuing technology companies and trying to establish um, their, their worth in the public markets, and then in corporate finance. Um, and from there, um, through um, a, a number of different uh, guises, I ended up working in, in Accenture and are now looking after the FinTech Accelerator program for Accenture. And how does that program work at the moment? Well, we've just finished our second cycle of, of fintech here in Dublin, and this is a program that has been run in New York and London and Hong Kong for five years in some of those um, centres. Um, it's worked very well here. What it really focuses on is helping startups validate their product um, by having them mentored by senior teams within the various different banks to help them understand how market-ready uh, their products may be. And how difficult is it to get a product market-ready? Well, it's um, it has a, a number of challenges. Firstly, it's uh, really uh, important that you establish what, it, you know, what the opportunity is. Where is the difficulty? What is the pain that you're trying to address? Um, usually people spot that and they feel sufficiently passionate about the opportunity and the technology that they have established um, that they go out on their own, uh, either independently or form a team or around that opportunity, and try to get validation by getting an initial customer, and uh, at the same time have to try and um, either boot, bootstrap it or try and get some external funding. So there are significant challenges in getting one of these uh, companies off the ground. That said, the number of supports out there in the ecosystem are is increasing rapidly and uh, it's tremendous now and much much better than it was say four or five years ago so funding is it funding available in Ireland or not or is it hard to get for funding is it hard to get in Ireland or um, yes it is uh, to be perfectly honest um, initial seed funding um, may not be too difficult just to just to get off the ground but uh, funding for scaling is uh, particularly tricky uh, especially where you don't have any revenues or you don't have customers and also, when it comes to basically a fintech hub in Ireland, you think we're a great place to have one? Uh, well, I think we are. We have some distinct advantages um, that many countries in Europe envy. Uh, firstly, it's obviously we're English-speaking, but we live, um, if you like, one hour away from one of the major, if not the major, uh, financial hub in, in London. And so we have um, the advantage of having a very good testing ground here and strong relationships in the ecosystem within London. What about Brexit? Will that affect us too much in the fintech area? Um, it, it's difficult to say how it will affect the mainstream banks, uh, but it certainly probably will have a knock-on effect from a, a fintech perspective. Um, it's difficult to say at this point in time how that will affect. There will be, um, 
restrictions in terms of how investment will flow and the types of regulation and whether or not the regulation will be very different in the UK and Ireland, and that will have a potentially significant effect. Could I mean a couple of people from UK to Ireland instead with the move across here from the UK? Um, from a fintech perspective, I suspect that may be limited because yeah. they need to stay very, very close to their customers um, because they are, you know, the, the, the fintech companies set up in London have the advantage of being on the doorstep of, uh, you know, a very, very significant market there. And I can't see them moving over here to take advantage of, you know, EU regulation to serve that market. Okay, when you look for a fintech company to invest in or, or give, uh, give advice to, what areas do you think are most important you look for? Well, I think it's it's having a some form of differentiation. Strong leaders within a company and differentiation are the two. I think the two core ingredients. Uh, understanding um, the business that you're dealing with, the problem that you're solving, and knowing not just that you have or can do or serve a, a problem. Um, better than the banks can. So it's not enough to be able to say, I can solve a problem and I can do it better than the banks. You have to understand how that's going to evolve so that you know that the conditions and the margins associated with that product are going to be sustainable. What about currencies like Bitcoin? Are they going to have a great feature? Bitcoin and currencies like that? Because of the inter- in ease of international business, there I think there's a very, a very definitely a bright future for, for blockchain. And you can see banks more or less embracing that. Um, I think banks will be very careful about the timing of how they're going to. Uh, um, I think embrace that. I think you may find other other elements of fintech, and for, for instance, insurance may may come to the fore and may may start to embrace that more more quickly. Okay, and in fintech, what do you think about the disruptors, guys that come in and totally rewrite the rules? Well, um, we haven't seen too many people who have rewritten the rules and have set up stable, sustainable uh, business models just yet. There are people who are at a very, very early stage who, who are genuinely doing the disrupting. Uh, one of the main areas I think that you, do, you have seen companies come in and do that is, is payments, which after all, from a, from a, f- a revenue perspective, um, payments make up about 40% of global uh, revenues for, for a bank. And that's why you've seen so many companies come in, come in there. And uh, also when it comes to basically payment, payments like Stripe, etc., which car do you think have, might have a, have a good future in that area? Or is it too early to, 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 to decide that? Well, I mean, success will depend on uh, a number of things. At the moment, um, ease of integration into third-party solutions is a very important part of what some of, some of the companies do. Stripe have been very successful there. But increasingly, I think the security and data protection are going to be uh, part, uh, you know, going to be high priorities for for companies. And uh, companies you've actually seen in your fintech lab, which ones do you think have a have a, have a good future? Um, I, I think there are a, a number that have uh, a very good future. We're seeing some exciting uh, companies in terms of um, security. We have um, a company called TouchTech, which is a two-factor authentication company, which is causing quite a bit of interest from the, from the bank's perspective. We're seeing a data visualization company called uh, Quartzdesk, 
which has provided a very novel and actually groundbreaking way of establishing uh, Know Your Customer, an anti-money laundering view of uh, uh, a network of bank clients, which allows them to assess the risks associated with both corporate and retail lending. Um, and we've seen some established companies like Ostia Technologies, which is making the banks rethink how they approach testing and their timing of bringing new technology to market. Sorry. That's fine. And uh, also, when it comes to like companies like Currency Fair at the moment have done very well recently, they've moved new offices. And uh, people like Pretty Pirates, if they, they do, I think, might have a bright future. How do you think about companies like that? Okay, well, um, I think Currency Fair have, have done extremely well. They were early to market and they were very international very quickly um, and are, are kind of one of the recognised and leading players. I think from a peer-to-peer perspective, we have to be a little bit careful with regard to um, pointing out who, who the, the winners may be. And the reason is because there have been a number of uh, instances um, early on where there have been you know, both uh, equity crowd funders and peer-to-peer companies that have gone into a little bit of trouble. We haven't been through a full... Uh, economic cycle and from a, a regulatory perspective and also from a due diligence perspective um, people are um, sometimes make assumptions and there's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of, of a kind of a public rush to to, to join in the, the funding of these companies before maybe the full un- the full understanding of how they're going to weather the full economic cycle is understood. Okay and have you heard of recently there uh, there's a list out from Ristopia, because the top 100 fintech actually influencers, and one of them is uh, Simon Cocking, who's a writer, reputed for Irish Tech News. That was announced last week, and he gave the top 100 people in the world who, who are doing that. He's 23 in the list, which in my view is pretty impressive for an Irish, Irish journalist to get, to get to that number. Have you heard about that? I did, yes, I, I saw yeah. him on the list. It was well-deserved. Well I think he, uh, yeah, he's it seems a very, very insightful contributions from him. Yeah, because I, yeah. I was surpressed that nobody else was there but him, from, from our point of view. Everyone else, some that was all, all based in Europe or America or Asia, and nobody from Ireland but him, which kind of surprised me in a way, but it was good to see. Well, I, I, I think there, there's, there are plenty of good ideas coming from Ireland. I, I don't think we should uh, underestimate our ability to contribute and to, uh, to both the debate and to the innovation that's happening within fintech in Europe. Yeah, that's true, because I've seen basically over the past few months, like hackathons are, are becoming very big now. People are using that to actually talk about fintech in a, in a positive way and debate about it. So what do you think about hackathons as well? Uh, they're a very good way. People have you know, multiple agendas sometimes on hackathons. They're from, from let's say, a bank's, institu- a bank's point of view. It can be a very useful way of getting new ideas uh, on, based in and around certain themes that they have. Um, it can also be a very... Uh, efficient way of identifying pools of talent um, and it can be an interesting way for for other companies to hook up and to bolster their plans where they have half-formed ideas that they that they need to kind of validate okay and if you any five tips to give to a startup fintech what would you say understand the customer problem we have seen time and time again startups who understand their own technology, understand what they're selling, but fail to understand what the customer is actually buying. Yeah, that's a good tip because I, I've seen companies who think they know it all, but when it comes to the real world, they've been in their own, own little bubble cocoon and they know this is how it works. 
and they don't know how it works in the real world because I haven't actually tested it properly and found it out. Well, that's what we do. We try to do as part of, part of the FinTech Innovation Lab. Where two things we do: we open the doors, and when the companies go through the doors and talk to the, to the banks, we try to make sure that those messages are really well formed and really focused because they're using time for in, in really really senior people's diaries, and we want to make sure it, it's used well. I mean, there is a heavy heavy sales focus in the fintech lab to make sure that people understand and use the time they get within the banks because it's the worst thing if you get somebody coming in and, and he might have the greatest idea in the world but he can't communicate it very well and he has it on paper it looks good and then looks good when it comes to the real world he can't tell the customer what it does yeah, communication is it, and, and, and making sure that the pitch is relevant to the audience because there are a number of different types of, of, of pitches that companies have to make. They have a technical pitch, a functional pitch, there may be even a compliance or regulatory pitch as well. And these are very different slide decks and very different messages. And you have to understand when and what level uh, of pitch to do. And also you've got to make sure when you're dealing with customers that each, each different customer is a different market. Like if you're dealing with America or the UK, They've got different rules of compliance. You've got to make sure that you can uh, adapt to all these rules and compliance regulations. Very, very, very difficult thing to do, and that's why kind of a focus is extraordinarily important. So I suggest basically we're going to do this. Start off with one market first. Once that market takes off and you're doing well there, then you look about growing it elsewhere. Don't go to two markets at the same time because you can't cope. Yeah, understanding your pipeline and your focus, I think, is, is, is something that we, we would be drilling home. And we use external mentors within our program, people who are specialists at uh, generating sales and who have led sales teams within startups. We use those as part of the program. Because I guess, basically, every person in your team is, is more or less a salesperson than one way or another. And if they can sell your product, then basically you haven't got a chance of getting off the ground. Absolutely right, yeah. Right. That's great. Thanks for that. That's perfect. Nice and short.